For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on In-Flight Snack, we gave the most important grades from the season because we didn't give them on last episode. The most important grades to the head coach and the general manager for the 2023 season. And then we started to preview the 2024 season. What do the Jets have to do in this offseason to ensure that 2024 will be better? We also talked about Le'Veon Bell attempting to make a comeback in the NFL. Bilal thinks the Le'Veon comeback is just about as likely as me being able to take a hit from Quincy Williams. And we also talked about a former Jet who played with Le'Veon Bell potentially coming back to the Jets as the backup quarterback, Sam Darnold, in 2024. Would you want him or would you prefer any other quarterback options? Plus, we talked about wide receiver options and a whole bunch of different stuff. Loaded, awesome episode of In-Flight Snack coming up right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime with your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team. And remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, the game starts here. The snap clean, the placement down, the kick is up, and the kick hooks to the left, but it's gone! Inside the left upright for Zerline, and the Jets win it in overtime, and honestly, I'm not sure how! It's a toss for Powell, he's got the angle, he's got blockers, Powell working the sidelines! goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. Yo, it's Quinn Wins here, and you listen to In-Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In-Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Rami Lavi. Across from me is Bilal Powell. And Bilal, in a season like that, where everything went to, I want to curse, but I'm not going to, went to crap, four plays into the season, what would you give the Jets overall recovering? What would you give the overall team as a grade for the season? I have to give them, as a whole, I have to give them a C minus. 
Okay, I'm in the same range. I said D plus. Yeah, I have to give him a C minus, and here's why. As as bad as the offense played, I mean, we're talking about like historically horrible for a franchise for for a franchise in an entire league, like over the yeah. history of the game. They still found themselves in games. <laughs> yeah, so crazy. They, they still found themselves in games, and they still found themselves in playoff contending mid to late, late in the year in the season. Yep. So you have to give them a C minus, not because of the offense, but because of what the special teams and the defense did to help this team win or at least contend each week. Yeah, they ruined our Black Friday, but they didn't ruin our Thanksgiving, right? They played the next day and killed us then. But Thanksgiving, there was still hope. They were still in playoff contention. Um, And then finally, the last two grades we have to give, of course, the general manager. I give him a C plus because he put this team together. He went out and built a good offensive line, in my opinion. He brought in the guys who wore Aaron Rodgers guys to get Aaron Rodgers to come here. He signed Aaron Rodgers. He got, obviously, um, he got uh, on the defensive side, going out and finding a guy like Quincy Williams, the contract he gave to uh, DJ Reed. I thought he did a really good job, but then once you got in season, he didn't make the biggest move, which was to sign a backup quarterback. He also didn't trade away guys like, uh, you know, um, a guy like Carl Lawson, who maybe they could have gotten something back for. You know, it sucks when you're like, just trade him away. Try and see what you could get back for him because they're just going to lose him for nothing now this offseason. So I think there were some mistakes. I thought actually considering how banged up the offensive line was, the fact that he even had guys like that kind of depth – uh, speaks volumes to him. I thought some of those guys actually played decently in some spots. So I'd give the GM a C plus, which I think is fair. There were issues for sure. And not signing the backup quarterback, not bringing a backup quarterback is the glaring, most obvious one. But I think he did enough good to get him a C plus. I'll have to go with a B plus. I'll have to go with Really? You you like I, you I, like the GM, JD? I, I, I love Joe Douglas. I, I like him, but here's why though. You can't when you look at the paper, you can't, it's hard in this league to have that much depth at each position. Yep. It's hard to do that. Now, when you're talking about benching the quarterback and moving pieces there, I think it was probably out of his control. And that's why you probably didn't hear him in the media talking about mm-hmm. it as much. I think if he had the 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 choice, the the real choice, and he was able to do it. It would have been done. And, you know, like we talked about, you know, obviously the piece is moving now because the man that controls it has spoken. So um, I have to give him a B plus with with the roster from a paper standpoint, not not talking team chemistry and injuries happening, but just looking at this paper preseason. I think it was the best team in the National Football League. Honestly, it was the best team. It was the best team if you looked at it. From top to bottom, um, you know, you could you can argue about well, they didn't have a Pro Bowl, they didn't have this superstar there. There, I'm talking about as a whole, from every position, having a depth that they had from an organization, he gets an A plus. But because they didn't make the move at quarterback when time allowed them to, that is what gives them that B plus. Yeah, and you know what? Um, uh, you're 100% right. 
And that's kind of the sad part. Then in retrospect, you look back at the season and you start to think, what if? Like if Rodgers didn't get hurt, this defense with Aaron Rodgers, they could have won the Super Bowl. They could have beaten the Chiefs. You know what I mean? And that's the part where you let your mind go there where it's like, this sucks. Like I'm more upset now about the season that was like, I'm excited for next year, but the opportunity that they missed this year is awful. Like I wish... Like I could go back in time and not get Rodgers hurt because the team around him was so freaking good. That's what's so frustrating about this year that the Jets had the team. To me, they were as good as any other team in the league. And almost you look back and say, wow, they could have beaten the Chiefs. If Rodgers doesn't get hurt, this defense, the running game, the special teams, and Garrett Wilson with a healthy Rodgers, they could have beaten anyone. You know, the Chiefs, there was no dominant team in the league this year. I agree with you. I think the Jets coming into the year had the best roster. And going into next year, who knows? You know, but I wasn't scared of Buffalo. They beat Buffalo without Rodgers. I wasn't, they almost beat the Chiefs without Rodgers, right? They beat the Eagles. They beat the Eagles. Like, this team could have been so good. And it's almost frustrating. Yes, it's exciting to look forward to next year and be like, hey, just run it back because this team could have been so good. But it's still the what could have been is so frustrating because of how good this team was. So I get it. I get the grade that you gave to Joe Douglas because at the end of the day, he built a team that all together, like when you look back today, it's not just, this is not, you know, everyone says hindsight's 2020. The expectations were so high. This is not hindsight. We knew it in the moment and we know it now. This team with the healthy Rodgers would have competed for a Super Bowl. I fully believe that. Going into next year, things change. I don't know, but... You know, it sucks that this team with the healthy Rodgers to think that they would have been a Super Bowl contender. And it sucks that they didn't get a chance to do that. Now the head coach. And everyone knows how I feel about this head coach. And so people might think that I'm going to come on here and bash him because I've bashed him all year long. And I don't like him. And I don't think he's a Super Bowl caliber head coach and all those things. But at the end of the day, despite the social media stuff, despite what was going on with the quarterback and rumors and these articles that were awful. All that stuff is beyond an F. The team won seven games. The defense competed every single game throughout the year. And the locker room never got to the point that it fully shattered. Like somehow it stayed together through two years of Zach Wilson as your starting quarterback. The the, the locker room feels like it didn't completely fray. It didn't completely fall apart. You don't see guys on the sideline yelling at each other or fighting with each other or like it was awful. I'm not sugarcoating it. It was terrible, but a D minus like, is that too good of a grade for, for, for Robert Sala? Like at the end of the day, he kept it together. I don't, I don't know. Like he's awful, but at some point you got to give him a little bit of credit. Honestly, I, I think I, I had to hire him. I mean, grade him higher than that. Okay. And, and here's why. As a defensive guy, defensive-minded coach, you can only control so much of what's going on on the offensive side. You can. Yeah. You can. Mm. Well, now, well, it's your you, job. You, You're the head coach. You're, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I know yeah, people say but that. Yeah, but yeah, there's still... They're, they're still you're, you have to trust your guy to go in with the game plan. You have to trust yeah, your guy it. to make the right play calls. Like, play calling from an offensive standpoint is not just being an offensive coordinator. It's when to call what and how to call a game. And he can't control that unless he takes over rank. And he's not an offensive guy. He's a defensive guy. He has so much say-so on defense. That's his defense. We've now seen how high these guys are finishing 
every year. A, a, again, a top five defense. But yet, there's still they have to go out and get a, a championship minded offensive coordinator, not the coordinator that the co- the the quarterback wants. They have to go out and get a guy that really fits the culture in the direction that they want to go, not from a, a standpoint of what my quarterback wants. No, that's not it, and we've seen it because that guy is only as good as his quarterback. You need to go out and get a guy that can develop a young guy that can uh, have a team rally behind him and go out and win some football games. Robert Sala did not have control of their offense. Yeah, he could sit in on game plan as much as he want, Rummy, and say, hey, well, no, we need to do this a little better, that that a little better. But he can't control the play calling during the game because there there were some times where I was scratching my head like, why would you call that? Robert Sala probably was scratching his head without showing emotion because he's trying to be that guy to keep everything in-house. And I think we saw the frustration later on in his interviews of, I'm trying to keep everything together, but so many fingers are being pointed back to me. We're not talking about Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett wasn't up there getting questioned. It was Robert Sala. He was answering questions for the owner, for the GM, the offensive coordinator. Everything was pointing at Robert Sala. And at one point in time, we saw the frustration and we heard it in his voice, and you talked about him being paranoid about his job. I just think he was carrying so much weight because he was trying to keep everything in-house and keep everything together, which he did a great job because guys weren't really falling together, uh, falling apart like I thought they were, like other teams have done in the past when you're talking about a team that should have been in the playoffs from a paper standpoint preseason. We're talking about Super Bowl contending team that went out of one eleven rookie year. You know what I mean? So... I think you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to honor the the the, the fact that guys kept it together for Robert Sala all year and they went out and they did win seven games with a horrible offense, with a, with a, with a, with a uh, no line that struggled, not only just from performance and productivity, but from having a consistent uh, five every week. You talking about a quarterback that didn't even want, you got a question if he even wants to play football anymore that it, if he even wants to play football anymore. And as a head coach, you can't control those things. You can't. You can't control the effort of another guy. Like, if I can't get another quarterback in and I'm forced to put this guy back out there, that's not on me. If it's if it's first and 10 and I want to run the ball and I go to my guy and I say, well, let's run the football, and he doesn't know what to pick or what to play or he doesn't know what, then either fire him or go get somebody else. Have somebody else step up. So I have to high, I have to grade him higher than that, man. And I have to go with a B plus for Robert or what he did. Obviously, different things could have changed, but they didn't. And uh that's the reason why he didn't get an A for me. A B plus. That's high. Look, I love look, we talk about this all the time. You love my enthusiasm, you love my kind of positive attitude. I love your positive attitude. That's awesome. Like to me, that's incredible. That he, Because he's going to be here. He's going to be the head coach next year. So you have to have that positive outlook. I hope more Jet fans can get on board with you and get on the same page as you because you're a guy who played it. You're a guy who knows the game. You're a guy who's been in locker rooms, who knows what it's like, who's been through multiple head coaches. You've seen the, the good. You've seen the bad. You've seen the ugly. And general managers. And general managers. And we'll talk about one of your general managers coming up in a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But to me, you've seen all that and you still believe that this guy can be the head coach that can bring winning to New York and to the Jets football next year. Is that correct? I, th- I think so. 
I, I honestly think that if he Dude, that goes, makes me feel so good. Like I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, but listen, this is and this is what has to be done. With Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator, Aaron Rodgers has to stay healthy the entire season. No, because without Aaron Rodgers, without Aaron Rodgers, I don't think Nathaniel Hackett is the guy that can lead the offense and I and or play call for the offense. He can't. You have to go out and get someone else. Now, if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy and it, everything works in the favor of Nathaniel Hackett, I I there's confidence that these guys can go out and win 10 plus games next year. Easy. And maybe the division with the way everything's aligning. And we saw how the AFC was struggling as a conference. In the division, it was still in hand for us, even with a horrible quarterback. Put Aaron Rodgers in the equation. I think we're looking at a totally different outcome. I agree. That's what I keep saying. Like, it sucks that we we keep talking about that. We keep harping on it. It's more, you know, it sucks because next year, I think they have a real chance to be good. But it's also like, oh, what could have been this past year? But we have to focus on next year. We can't look in the past. The past is the past. Even though we just did a whole hour looking in the past. Let's look forward to the future. Now, I think the biggest move of the offseason for the Jets is going to be by the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are going to give Tua Tungavailoa a huge contract. And that's going to be great for the Jets because if they're paying Tua Tungavailoa all that money, then guess what? They're not going to have money to pay other people. And that's really good for the Jets because Tua is not a max quarterback in my opinion. And so if they're paying Tua that kind of money, great. That means that they're not going to have a good roster around Tua. And Tua is the type of quarterback who needs a great roster around him. So I don't mind. Dolphins, please pay Tua like Joe Burrow, like Lamar Jackson, like Patrick Mahomes, because he's not that quarterback in my opinion. Yeah, fair, and I, 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 yeah, that's fair to say. I don't think he's those guys. He's not that caliber right now, he, and and it's shown uh, over the you know last couple of years of his productivity. Like he has to have those superstars around him, and these young guys who are now under these rookie contracts, these veterans who are coming up in free agency. Now the GM has to do a good job if he's going to max out his his contract. Who are you going to put around this guy? Who who are you going to put around this guy? After you just paid Tariq Hill and now about to max him out, who are you going to put around this guy? And it's a good look, I think, for the New York Jets moving forward, man. I, but but at the end of the day, the New York Jets still have to go out and get a young quarterback because you're not going to have Aaron Rodgers for long. Yeah, so that's the biggest offseason need. So let's start with their offseason needs. They have to get a wide receiver, too. They need offensive tackles because that was strong, somewhere where they struggled, mostly because of health, but they needed tackles last year. And they need a backup quarterback. To me, if they can solve those three spots, then they're good. Tackle, backup quarterback, and wide receiver too. Now, I know those are pretty big needs, but let's start with the quarterback, the backup quarterback position. I want to start there because Mike Tannenbaum, right? He was your GM at one point. Mm -hmm. Did he draft? Who drafted you? Mike. Mike, Mike drafted you. Yeah, yeah. so... I'm sure you have some sort of relationship with him, but he went on Get Up on ESPN this morning and he must listen to our show. He must still like you because you know what he said? He said something that I posted on social media, a clip that we kind of were laughing. We were saying it kind of funny, tongue in cheek, you know? He said the Jets, it, it wasn't a Jets conversation. It was a Russell Wilson conversation. Where's Russell Wilson going to land this offseason? And Mike Tannenbaum said the New York Jets. <clears throat> No, <laughs> what? that's reaching. I think so too. That's 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 a, that's that sounds a like reach. a 
that sounds like grabbing a headline on February 19th when there's nothing to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's a that's a far reach, man. I, and I just don't see Plus I don't it's not original. See, I said it a month ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't see. I mean, he has history with Nathaniel, right? Nathaniel Hackett. Doesn't he have history with him? Not good and history. <laughs> not good history. So, you know, I don't I just don't see that happening in, in New York, man. Like no, no, no. I, I just don't see it. I think you go a different direction from So that guy. to me, the safe options are the safest option is Ryan Tannehill. You know, a guy who decent quarterback. He's not gonna cost you a lot. He's a free agent. He's not gonna be like this big time quarterback. But he won't cost you much. He's a veteran. And you know that if he comes in, you're not screwed for this year. You might be screwed beyond this year, but you're not totally screwed this year if Ryan Tannehill has to come in. A guy who I think is a decent option, and I'd love to see this because I was always been a big fan of him. I think he's matured over the last couple of years. I think he could be a good option, a solid backup option for this team and be really good beyond the season is Sam Darnold. He's a free agent from San Francisco. He learned under Kyle Shanahan a little bit. I don't know. You were teammates with Sam, another guy. Bring the band back together, right? What? You're laughing. What do you think? No, man. I don't think Sam would want to come back. Really? I don't he hated he it would. that much? I don't know it's if he totally hated it. I just... But the way they do you, man, is, you know, some some stuff is personal, man. And, you know, and, you know, you try to keep personal away from business, but some things are just personal, man. Like they didn't do anything to help Sam Donald. They didn't do anything to I help know, him. I know, but now there's and, a team around you. It all you on under, I know, but if Sam's looking at the league, he's a free agent. Where's my best chance to be a long-term starter? He's still so young. He's my age, I think. I think he's 26 years old, 25, 26. He could be a 10-year starter in this league. Don't you agree? He can, absolutely. A hundred percent. So go to a spot where you're the backup. You learn under Rodgers. You have a number one receiver. You have a number one running back. The team that drafted you, they're there. And you could go to that spot and say, man, I have an opportunity to sit behind Rodgers and then be the long-term quarterback for 10 years with the New York Jets, the team that drafted me in New York City, getting a second opportunity. Wouldn't you want that opportunity if you're Sam Darnold? You you want any opportunity, but I just I think he's gonna land somewhere else. I, I don't think he would want to come back here, man. I honestly don't think he would want to go through that again in New York, man. It's brutal. I'm telling you from a fan base organization base, like it's just uh, it's brutal playing in New York, man. Like, and you have to be thick skinned, man. Honestly, I like I like the Ryan Tannehill. I like I like Ryan Tannehill. Can I give you okay? In. There's three other options drafting a young quarterback which i think will piss off aaron Rodgers, and you need that draft capital for offensive line for wide receiver so to me mm -hmm. drafting a, a quarterback doesn't make any sense do yeah no, i like yeah. you don't have a second round pick so drafting with your first round pick drafting a quarterback just doesn't make sense to me the other options are a trade for justin fields which who knows what's that going to cost and i talked about that earlier on a previous episode i think it's a good idea that's similar to Sam. I think it's a great idea a, i think it is that, I was just about Fields. to mention that to you. Yeah, absolutely. So go ahead and talk about it. Well, I, I like the fact that the way the game has evolved, right? Nathaniel Hackett, who if, again, Aaron Rodgers goes down, you bring in a Justin Fields, and if anything breaks down from an offense standpoint, he can utilize his legs. 
He can extend things. He can get creative. We've, we're seeing now that's where the game is going, where these young quarterbacks who uh, sometimes I think he struggled with his progression reads. He's able to just pull that thing down and run it, man, and get five or get ten. Or sometimes he can go as far as 50 yards on an explosive play. That's the excitement that the New York Jets are going to need if the injury happens again. That's the type of football style that you will have to go to because I don't think there's a quarterback now that can mimic Aaron Rodgers. So if you can't go out and get a guy that can mimic him, go out and get someone that's totally opposite of who he is that still has fresh legs coming into their prime, still have a chance to sit behind him for an all-season training camp and possibly a couple games if there's an injury that happens, maybe more than four plays like last year, and a guy that can come in and, and just give a, the offense a totally different uh, energy. And be the long-term quarterback. And we talked about listening to our episodes. We know Tannenbaum's listening. We know that Joe, uh, that Woody Johnson's listening. Apparently, you are listening to the episodes that I do solo because when you were coaching, uh, you were away coaching. I did a solo episode and I talked all about how I think Justin Fields is the perfect answer for the Jets' problems this offseason. So I said all those things that you said. Like, I fully agree with you. And we didn't even talk about this. We didn't, we didn't coordinate on this one. I think Justin Fields could be the short-term answer if he has to come in for a couple of games. And learning how to play the position, we saw him learn how to play the position a little more this year. Last year, he was relying on his talent and pure raw ability. This year, it felt like he was learning how to play quarterback more. And I think that I don't know what's gonna what it's gonna cost. And if it costs a first round pick this year, I don't give it up. But if it's a third round pick, if it's a future first round pick, then maybe you're getting the quarterback who could be the quarterback now and the quarterback of the future, similar to Sam Darnold, with higher upside and younger. If you talk about a guy like Justin Fields, so I love Justin Fields. And the last one's a tricky one because he played really well. Same draft class as Sam Darnold. But I teased this on last episode. I said, I have an idea that I think is crazy, but he's a guy who could be the quarterback. He has the attitude. He has, when you knock him down, he gets back up. He has that fiery attitude. I think New York would embrace him, embrace his attitude. I didn't like him coming out of the draft. I didn't like him at the time. I kind of feel like he's an underdog now, and if he is willing, he's going to get a starting job, I think. But if he's willing to sit behind Rodgers for a year and then be the starter, about. I'm talking about Baker Mayfield. I already know he won't. Not after he's not going to do it. No, if he if he didn't have his season he had last year, I mean he took been, the Bucks to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So he he's definitely not going to come in as a backup right now. But I mean, it's it's all about money though. If he gets, I don't know what he's, what do you think? Nah, he, you think he, he's getting 30, $40 million a year? No, he, I mean, Daniel I mean, Jones just did. I, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, but he did. Yeah, I know, but I, I just don't see Baker. I don't, Baker won't get $40 million a year. He he won't. He probably, you see, he's a 20, 25 a year. On a two, I don't know. 25 year. a year two years ago feels like 40 a year now, no? Yeah, I mean, but, uh, you know, now it's 40. So, you know, I just think 2025 if, is, is you good need, for him. You know. If you need a starting quarterback, like the Bucks might just go ahead and pay him the Daniel Jones contract. They might say, okay, here we have an out after two years just in case he stinks. I think they might just give him the same contract. But if he's a free agent and he ends up bouncing around a little bit and it's late and he's like, oh, I just want to sign on with the team, maybe? Hmm. No, you don't see it. All right. No, I don't. I don't. What about Joe? What about Joe? What about Joe, Joe Flacco? Flacco? Oh, come on, dude. He played six games. He wasn't that good. Like the I mean, fact he, that he, he won comeback player of the year is is absurd to me. First of I mean, all, Demar Hamlin literally died. The NFL 
would be over. Like the league would be done, banned if DeMar Hamlin didn't come back to life miraculously. You know what I mean? Like you imagine the backlash the league would be facing right now if DeMar Hamlin had not survived. Like, yeah, that would have been bad. The dude was dead on a football field for eight minutes and he came back and played snaps in the league this year. How is he not the comeback player of the year? I don't know. And and then Joe Flacco played six games and threw as many interceptions as he threw touchdowns. He was just chucking it up and hoping to God and behind a great defense and great wide receivers, they went to the playoffs. And look, Joe was great. But if you would have told me that the Jets were bringing in Joe, Joe Flacco, if you would have told me that on September 12th, the day after Rodgers got hurt, well, the Jets are bringing back Joe Flacco, I would have been like, F. I would have been upset. I wouldn't have been happy that they were bringing back Joe Flacco to be the backup. I was like, classic. They're bringing back. I would have had the same reaction I had to Trevor Simeon. So it's so easy to play the results right now to be like, oh, they should have brought in Joe Flacco. No, they shouldn't have. We saw what he was here. He stunk when he was here. <laughs> and now all of a sudden we're going to go back in time because he won comeback player of the year and went to the playoffs and sucked in the playoff game against the Texans. He sucked. Oh, you you want to bring back Sam Donald? Not, I mean, the guy didn't yeah, have I success bring, here. I, I have a he Sam Darnold jersey. Here, I love Sam Darnold. They didn't have any success here, though. You know, you can't. Sometimes you just have to stay away from certain things, man. And and nothing against Sam. Like, they didn't help him. Like, they didn't go get superstars to put around Sam. Um you know, he was pretty much getting mentored by a guy that was a bouncer. Anderson. Yeah. I mean, his best running back was freaking Bilal Powell. What do you expect him to do with that? No, I'm kidding. I'm I playing, bro. I, exactly. What'd you expect? I mean, I was in my, I was old. I was ready to get up out of the Yo, You were like already 33. I was on a cane, man. <laughs> Dude. Uh, I'm just, I'm just playing. His best running back was Stephen F. and Ridley. Oh, my goodness. All right, yeah, yeah, no, but you saw Sam. Do you think Sam is good enough to be an NFL quarterback? You 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 saw him on the practice he field, is, he, man. But you, you played with to, him. You have to put special players around him, though, man. Like some quarterbacks, or why didn't like you I help said, him more? Your... Why didn't you? Why didn't you help him? Who me? I was old, and they paid. They paid. <laughs> I, I was bitter. They, they paid. Yeah, I know. They paid Le- Le- Le'Veon fifteen million. Le'Veon. You saw Le'Veon's trying to years. come back in the league. You saw Le'Veon. He said he wants to come back. This was to like a, a story the week of the Super Bowl. No, to play. He wants no, to play. To coach. He needs to coach. He you didn't leave. Smart? I don't know. You, I'm saying you think he could be a coach? I, I think you could be I a coach. You, oh, I know I can be a coach. Easy. I am a yeah, coach. Yeah, but man. you think Le'Veon could be a coach? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, he, he's trying to Maybe play. a mentor now. What is he trying to come back for? He's trying to play. He wants to play. Watch the Jets go sign him. I bet you the Jets will sign him again. Mm-hmm. Like veteran running back. I'm about to call Woody right now. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you if they sign Le'Veon he Bell, they should sign you. Why would Why would they sign him when he said that was the worst signing he he's decision he's made? He should have stayed in Pittsburgh. Worst decision he's made, dude. He got so much money and he did nothing. That's what he that said. That was the though. best. He might have said he should have just stayed in Pittsburgh. What an idiot. Pittsburgh didn't want him anymore because remember he sat out. He couldn't have stayed yeah, in Pittsburgh. He, he's the yeah, idiot. And they already knew his productivity. Like he was a yeah. is he and a they're sim- moving he's off a of him. Guy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But hey, if if Le'Veon gets a contract this year, I'm calling Woody and you're getting a contract too. We're all getting a contract. Give me a yeah. contract. I want a contract, yeah. Woody. I'm coming out of retirement if that happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm unretiring also from football. I never played professionally, but if Le'Veon can play still in the league, I could play in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, do you think I would die if I took one tackle 
He's boxing now. Why why is he just not yeah. pursue that? Just Wait, pursue answer my question. I'm six foot, I'm like six one. I weigh like 220 pounds, let's say. <laughs> um, you think I would die if I took a hit in the league if I got tackled once? Absolutely. Yeah, you think I'd die? You probably won't die, but you'll be like, there's no way that these guys do this for a living. You think one Bro, I, mean, would... I would pay, I would pay to watch you go through an entire practice. What just a practice? A, a training camp, a training camp practice, bro. I'm telling you, it's they say training camp practices are weak now. Well, not when I was playing. Listen, all right, give me six months to ramp up, and and I'll go through a practice, or I'll go through a practice, and then at the end of the practice, Quincy Williams has to tackle me. I'm bigger than him, bro. It's, it doesn't matter. I'm trying to tell you, man. Like it's, it's I think I'd be dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, bro. Like it's gonna shake your world up, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna be seeing those stars that you talked yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta be built different, man. You gotta be. You gotta. You have yeah, to be we, different. Man. This was on DM. We were tw- we were texting back and forth because we were talking about um the Julian Edelman video, right? Mm-hmm. With where he's like, yeah, I used to see those stars, and they would tell us the date. You know, they would tell us what time it is and who's playing. Um, yeah. so yeah, all right. Quickly before you have to go, because I know you got to go. Do you want to bounce out now, and I-, I could finish the rest of it on my own? But up to you. Yeah, I, 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 I'm having too much fun. Yeah, I have to hit it. Yeah. All right, so I'll see you, Bilal. Um, I'll do the rest of the uh, the the off season needs and bucket list on my own because we are just having a good time. Uh, until next time, like and subscribe. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Do it because I'm telling you, it's yep. only gonna get better from here. I'll see All you, right, buddy. Man. Peace out. All right, see ya. All right, Bilal had to run, but there's still plenty of more coming up after a quick break. We will talk about potential moves for the Jets at wide receiver, at offensive tackle, and at, of course, the backup quarterback position, the biggest needs of the Jets for this offseason. Where will they go? What direction? How will they use their cap space, their draft capital, everything that they have available, all the, I guess, assets that they have at their disposal? How will they use it to make sure next season is better than 2023 was? All that and a whole lot more coming up right after a quick break. All right, coming back, Bilal did have to run, so uh, we'll (laughs) recap some more with him, uh, but we'll catch up with him a little bit later. That was a fun conversation at the end. But the Jets' other needs, obviously, outside of the quarterback and backup quarterback position are wide receiver, and Bilal loves Justin Fields. So again, I was a big Justin Fields fan, Bilal, big Justin Fields fan. I think it's a good opportunity. It's a good option for the Jets. Now, other places that the Jets can go um, other places that can be big needs and that the Jets can fill this offseason uh, is wide receiver. That's something that they for sure need. And there's a couple of free agents. There's a couple of guys in the draft. Now, I think they're going to go tackle in the draft because there are so those tackles at the top of the draft. Um, I don't think they go with Brock Bowers, who is the tight end. I know that helps you, but one of the best grades we gave on last episode was to the tight end position was to Tyler Conklin, was to Jeremy Rucker. I like the Jets' tight end. So I know tight end kind of helps you where it's like, oh, it helps us in the blocking game and it helps us in the receiving game. To me, I still don't see the Jets going after a tight end with their first overall pick or their first round pick, 10th overall or 11th overall in the draft. I like them going for one of the offensive tackles. And then a big story is David Bakhtiari is going to be cut by the Packers. Now, I love David Bakhtiari, and you know he's going to sign with the Jets. I'd say there's a 95% chance he signs with the Jets if he wants to keep playing. The connection with Aaron Rodgers, he loves Rodgers. He barely played this year. 
He's hurt. He's been hurt the last few years. He is a little bit older. So if you sign David Bakhtiari, you need to go out and get some insurance for him. He can't be your big signing going into the season. So I think draft a first-round tackle and sign David Bakhtiari is what I would do if I were the New York Jets. You get both of them. That's your offensive line help for the offseason. You're expecting guys to come back. You move AVT back to the guard position. I like what we saw from some of the guys like Carter Warren. Obviously, Joe Tittman was really good. I think Connor McGovern coming back as a depth piece also. I actually think the Jets' offensive line is not as bad as people think. You're really replacing Mekhi Becton, and you're adding another tackle. If you could add two tackles and maybe a depth piece, so like I said, a David Bakhtiari, Hall of Fame offensive tackle in this league who, yes, he's on the back end of his career, but still, I think, when healthy, can be really, really good and really capable and has worked with Rodgers, and it's another guy. It's not the same as Randall Cobb. It's not the same as Alan Lazard. This is a guy who's a pro bowler, an all-pro, who also worked with Rodgers. It's not just one of Rodgers' friends like Nathaniel Hackett. So I love David Bakhtiari. I think the Jets will sign him, and I think if they could get him on a decent deal because he's going to get paid by the Packers, if they could get David Bakhtiari on a decent deal, I think that's a good signing for the New York Jets this season. Uh, and he could be that offensive tackle that they're looking for alongside drafting someone in the draft that can play offensive tackle for the Jets. That would be big. Um, So David Bakhtiari and a draft in the first round, a tackle, that is the help that you need on the offensive line. Now, a wide receiver, there's some weird things going on because I don't think a Devontae Adams trade is happening anymore. He loves what they did with Antonio Pierce. He likes playing in Vegas. I don't think he's leaving. And I know I made this big, bold, crazy statement that Rodgers would sooner go to Vegas to play with Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams coming here. I I think so. And, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Rodgers piece in all of this once we have Bilal again, because Bilal always says guys have say so. There are certain guys in the league that have say so. Aaron Rodgers, to me, if he was the reason that they didn't go out and get a backup quarterback, if he was the reason that was driving behind some of the struggles that the Jets had this season, you have to take a step back and be like, no, Aaron, you can't have the same amount of say-so this offseason. It didn't work out last year. We have to save our asses now. If you're Joe Douglas, if you're Robert Sala, your jobs are on the line, and you can't rely on Aaron Rodgers to have so many decisions when you know it could cost you your job. So I agree Rodgers should be in some of these meetings and have some sort of say-so and some sort of control but i think you have to pull some of the reins away from aaron Rodgers. we know he wanted to make his big comeback and so maybe that's why they didn't go get a quarterback zach wilson plays until i come back that could have been a big factor at this point it's no rogers we appreciate your support we appreciate your input but we have to make the decisions on our own Devonte adams trade is not going to be a trade that happens unless aaron Rodgers actually tampers and calls up Devonte and says i need you bro come here, please. And then we're talking about probably trading that first round pick for Devontae Adams because the Raiders don't want to give him up and it's going to cost a lot to get Devontae Adams. And I'm not sure it's even worth it at this point. The other options on the market is another trade that we don't know is out there, right? Tyreek Hill, no one knew he was getting traded before he got traded. There could be a receiver who's about to get paid, who needs to get paid. I saw somebody, a hot take machine. I forget who it was talking about a potential Justin Jefferson trade. That's crazy to me. I don't think Justin Jefferson gets traded. I wouldn't do it if I was Minnesota, especially if you're trying to bring a young quarterback in. Having a guy like Justin Jefferson is a game changer. But maybe there's a receiver that we're not thinking about right now that could be out there. I don't want Odell Beckham Jr. I love him. We actually talked about it on WFAN, the career that could have been. Roscona was talking about it on Saturday night. The career that could have been 
with Odell Beckham Jr. Who knows? It's it's one of the greatest unknowns. The guy got hurt. The guy was inconsistent. The guy had off the field issues. I wouldn't sign him. He was paid $15 million by the Ravens last year. No thanks. I'm good on paying him $15 million to do what he did. So uh, if you're me, like I'm not a huge Odell Beckham guy, I wouldn't pay that kind of money. Now, the other options are Calvin Ridley, T. Higgins, and Mike Evans. Calvin Ridley had the issue, obviously, with the gambling. He was out for a full year and a half from the league, but he came back in the second half of the year last year. He was really good. He started to come on. He's not going to be your number one receiver. He's a big body guy. I wouldn't give him a huge contract. I wouldn't even give him an Alan Lazard contract, but almost like a prove it contract, a couple of years, two, three years with a signing bonus. And he comes to play with Aaron Rodgers and he's the second wide receiver next to Garrett Wilson. I think that could be good for the Jets. I think he's a good option. Calvin Ridley. That's option number one. T Higgins is hurt a lot. He's inconsistent. He benefited from playing alongside Joe Burrow and Chase Jamar Chase. Again, another guy who wouldn't have to be your number one receiver. So as a number two receiver, do I like him? Yeah, but the injuries bother me and scare me. And then Mike Evans. Mike Evans is the model of consistency. Every single year, 1,000-yard season. This guy has been consistent every season of his career. You wonder if at some point he falls off. You'd rather get out a year early than a year late with some of these guys. It's tough. I I wonder where they go with, obviously, with... um, with a guy like Mike Evans. He's my favorite though. Like I think Mike Evans would be my number one option. If I'm looking out at this off season and I'm saying, all right, who are the wide receivers out there? If there's no Devonte Adams trade, if there's no other trade that we're talking about between Ridley Higgins and Evans, I think Evans is a safe pick is a safe bet. He has some drop issues, but again, he's going to be the number two receiver next to Garrett Wilson on this team. Also a big body guy. I'd be happy with either Evans or Ridley. I want to stay away from Devonte uh, from T Higgins. I would love a Devonte Adams trade, obviously, but I don't think it's happening now. They have to cut Quentin Jefferson. They have to cut Carl Lawson. There is cap space here. And the big question of the offseason, and to me, this is a huge question mark, is Bryce Huff. What do you do with Bryce Huff? If you tag him, that's going to cost you more on the cap. That's going to hurt the team ultimately. Do you want to give a huge extension to a guy like Bryce Huff? And I think the answer is yes. He was a huge difference maker. He was a defensive edge rusher. We talked about the defensive line being one of the best units on this team. Part of that was Bryce Huff. And Bryce Huff was a huge difference maker for this team. So much of what happened on the back end and with the linebackers was because they were able to get pressure with three and four. And a guy like Bryce Huff is huge for that. And I know they have Will McDonald who might develop and you obviously have Jermaine Johnson. There's other guys at the edge rusher position that are still there. But to me, why would you break up a guy who is so good for you and Bryce Huff? It doesn't make sense. I would do whatever you can to get a contract signed with Bryce Huff. So I love Bryce Huff. I think that's going to be a huge priority for the Jets this offseason. I hope it is. And then you can look at the other spots. I still love Sam Darnold. You heard Bilal. He's not into it. He wants uh, Baker Mayfield. He wants Justin Fields, sorry. Not Baker Mayfield. He wants Justin Fields. I would love Justin Fields if they can get Justin Fields. I just don't know if they can get Justin Fields. Let's hope. And again, to me, if this is their offseason, if they get David Boxiari and draft a tackle with their first overall pick, if they can get Mike Evans or Calvin Ridley, and then they get a backup quarterback, either I want a guy who's young but could also play either a Sam Darnold or a Justin Fields and extend Bryce Huff, that is the perfect offseason. Boxiari and another tackle in the draft, Ridley or Evans, Darnold or Fields, and extend Bryce Huff. 
That is the recipe for the perfect offseason that can have the Jets competing for a championship. We talk so much about what could have been. Well, what could be in the future should be the conversation now. The Jets can still be great. They can still be a championship caliber team, but it relies on them making the right moves this offseason. The outline, I just put it out there. Joe Douglas, give me a call. Tell me what you think because I think that is a great outline for the perfect offseason for the New York Jets. That's going to do it for me and the episode today. Until next time, as always, like, subscribe, share the podcast with a friend. I appreciate you all for listening. Until next time, Rex. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.